0: Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 8. Do we get those party supplies yet? Quillil asked AK over the phone. Not yet, but they should be here any minute. Alright, hit me back when they get here. Bet. Bahar was sending the shipment today. AK was at the New York port with Reggie, waiting for Bahar's people to drop off the work. Bahar was sending double the amount, so they had to be on top of their game. They had to move all the product in a short matter of time, so they couldn't fuck around. They supplied almost half of New York, so they definitely had the manpower to get it done. After Quilel got off the phone with AK, he parked his car. Ashley was being released from the hospital, and he was picking her up. Quilel grabbed the flowers he bought for his little cousin from the pasture side and headed inside. Can I help you? The white female desk clerk asked Quillil. She wanted to help him in more ways than one. Shorty was eyeing him hard. Yeah, I'm here to pick up my cousin, Ashley Mitchell. Quillil handed her his ID. Just so you know, I'm only going to say it once. Yes, he's still doing it. Fucking up the names. She's in room 206. Can I help you with anything else? Anything? She asked, hoping he would ask for her number. Nah, I'm good. Thank you. The clerk was cute, but had nothing on Kiara. When he made it to Ashley's room, Dr. Smith was talking to her. Hey, Doc, Quillil greeted him. Hello, Mr. Sheldon. I was just telling Miss Mitchell what to expect for her rehab. Isn't she supposed to be in a shoulder brace or something? Quilell asked, seeing nothing was on Ashley's shoulder. I think in this case it's better for her to just take the antibiotics I prescribed. The ibuprofen and naproxen will reduce the pain and swelling. Putting her shoulder in a sling would only stiffen her shoulder joint, which could cause a complete loss of motion. I see. How long is she supposed to be on bed rest? A couple of weeks, but it all depends on her rehab and how fast she progresses. All in all, she's a tough girl and should be back to normal in no time. Well, thanks for everything, Doc. It's good to see brothers in the medical field doing great work. We appreciate you, Quillil said, extending his hand. Dr. Smith shook it. Thanks for the kind words, Mr. Sheldon. Here's my card if you guys have any questions about anything. Quillil took his card and stuck it in his pocket. Thanks, Doc, Ashley said, hugging him. No problem, Miss Mitchell. It was my pleasure. You guys take care, Dr. Smith said, leaving the room. Quilil got a wheelchair for his cousin. Thanks for the flowers, cousin. No problem. He helped her in the car and drove to his mom's place. Have the cops been back here to ask you any questions? No, they only came that one time. I didn't tell them much other than it was two shooters. Quilil nodded. So when can I come back to work, Ashley asked. She wasn't trying to be cooped up in the house all day. Are you crazy? You're not going back to the shop, Ash. It's too dangerous right now. Besides, you're on bed rest. A job should be the furthest thing from your mind right now. But, no buts, Ash. You just got shot. You're not going back to work anytime soon. You have to get back healthy. Ashley smacked her lips like an angry child, but Quilelle didn't budge. He was only looking out for her. Do you know who did this? She asked him. Not yet, but I will. We got other things to discuss, though. "'What other things?' she inquired. Quillil's phone started vibrating, notifying him he had a text. "'He pulled out a cell and read the message sent from Detective Sanders. "'Bad news. Turns out that green navigator was stolen. "'We just tracked down the owner, and he reported it stolen the same day as the shooting. "'It's probably long gone by now. I'll get back to you when I find out more.' "'Fuck,' Quillil said under his breath, but Ashley still heard him. "'What's wrong?' "'Nothing, but, um, when were you going to tell me about you and red?' A shocked look came across her face. He told you? No, but I could tell by his reaction to you getting shot and him coming to the hospital that you guys were an item. Quilel could see Red truly cared about his cousin. He wanted to tell you himself, being how much he looked up to you and all. Red viewed Khalil as the big brother he never had. It was two years ago that Khalil saved his life and made sure his father never laid a finger on him again. Red met up with Khalil one day with a black eye. His father had come home after one of his alcoholic binges and beat him out of his sleep for no reason. When Quillil questioned him about it, he tried to lie and said he fell down some stairs. But Quillil knew better. He continued questioning Red until he finally came clean and told him the truth about his father's abusive ways. Red told Quillil how his mother ended up running away because of the physical abuse she endured at the hands of his dad. Quillil was furious. He knew Red's pop was a pastor and couldn't believe he was using his son and wife as a punching bag. Don't worry, little homie. I'll take care of it. He'll never lay a finger on you again. You got my word on that, Quillil said seriously. That same night, he made his way down to 137th Street to Friendship Baptist Church to have a chat with Pastor Redrick Sr. Choir rehearsal was going on, but Quilel was able to sneak in the back and barge into the pastor's office without anyone noticing. Excuse me, young man. Quillil slapped the pastor dead in his mouth before he could finish his sentence. He pushed him over the table and started punching him in the face repeatedly. Red's father was heavier than Quillil, but it didn't matter. Quillil threw vicious blow after vicious blow to the pastor's face and body, making him squirm and bawl up like an infant. You won't be putting your hands on Red again, you hear me? Quillil told him. What? Who's Red? He asked, spitting out blood. Red disliked his government name because it was his father's. He hated being a junior. He started going by Red in the streets to separate himself and to create his own identity. But his father only knew him as Redrick. You are not that stupid. You are not that stupid. You couldn't have written him to be that stupid. Who is Red? Nigga, your name is Redrick. Who do you think Red is? It ain't you. Your son, Redrick. I know you like to hit on him and your wife and that's why she ran away. His mama ran off because she couldn't take the discipline. I'm just teaching the boy some respect. Quilil wrapped his hands around his neck, choking the life out of him. Nothing but rage was in Quilil's eyes. Nothing would have brought him more joy than to kill the hypocritical pastor. But he let up. Don't go back home tonight. Matter of fact, don't go back home ever. I want you to leave town and never come back. And why would I do that? Because if you don't, I'll kill you. Don't push me, nigga. Quillil meant every word. He pulled out his gun and pressed it against Redrick Sr.'s temple. You brought a gun in the Lord's house? He had the audacity to say. Does the Lord condone you being a drunk and a domestic abuser? Quillil asked him. He didn't say anything. He couldn't. Leave tonight. I can't do that. Yes, you can. Now, I'm not asking. I'm telling you. Try me if you think I'm bullshitting, Quillil spat. He didn't care that he was in the church. Quillil would have blown his head off if need be. The Reverend could sense the coldness in his eyes. Quileo pulled out an envelope with money in it and threw it at him. Take this and get out of here tonight. I know you got a secret child in Philly. You might want to go there because you ain't welcome in Harlem or anywhere in New York for that matter. If I ever see you around here, you know what's going to happen. Got it? Redrick Sr. shook his head like a scared child. I got it. Red never saw his father again and couldn't have been happier about it. It's couldn't have, but I understand. I said the same thing Blackbell said. Like, I understand this whole thing. Like, this whole setup of the way he's writing, I understand that. I just don't understand the lack of comments and shit. Although Quilil never told him what happened that night between him and his father, Red knew he handled the situation just like he said he would. Red is like a little brother to me. I think you two are perfect for each other, Quilil told her. Really? Ashley asked. Yeah, thanks, cousin. I know we're young, but I love him. Love is love, no matter how young or old you are. I can tell both of you guys genuinely care about each other, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Quilil saw a lot of himself in red. Just when he pulled up to his mother's house, AK called him. "What's good, he answered. It's time to party, AK said, referring to the shipment being received. You already know what to do. Say no more. We about to get the ball rolling right now, son. They both hung up with smiles on their faces, but for different reasons. A.K. was excited to be moving more weight and becoming a bigger force in the streets. Quilel was smiling because if everything went right, he would have more than enough money to leave the game for good and start a new life with Kiara. It was time for a change. He was tired of looking over his shoulder, not just for himself, but for his family. Once they got this work off and killed the cats who hit his shop, he was done with the streets for good. After years in the game, he could finally see the finish line. It's almost over. Right there, baby. Right fucking there, Maxine screamed as Mello pounded her insides. Her screaming got louder with every thrust. Mello gave her deep stroke after deep stroke until she finally released. That felt so good, Maxine admitted afterwards. I know. I got eight years of fucking to make up for. You ain't ready, he joked, putting his clothes back on. I stay ready, baby. We gonna see. Uh-huh, but did you tell Kiara about it? She asked him. Oh yeah, Maxine is Kiara's uh, right hand, like her best friend. <sniffs> mm. That's little drama that's going to turn into big drama. Watch. Nah. Good. She would kill me if she found out we were messing around. That's why we're not going to tell her, Mello said, giving her a kiss on her lips. Maxine had the biggest crush on Mello back in the day. When he got locked up, she got his booking information from Kiara and started secretly writing him. They kept in contact during his bid, and now that he was out, she wanted to see where things could go between them. Where are you going? I need round two, she said, ready to get Dick down some more. And you going to get that, but I got some business to handle first. I'll be back later to beat it up and eat it up. You better be. Maxine kissed Mello and watched him walk out the door. He was on his way to Busy's apartment. He met Busy in prison. Busy was a stick-up kid from Harlem. He got that nickname because of his resemblance to the rapper Busy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Busy got jumped in the cafeteria one day by some niggas and Mello came to his defense pretty much saving his life. From that day forward they built a friendship and agreed to link up and work together on the outside. Now that they were both free it was time to get to work. Mello knocked on the door. No one answered right away so he knocked again. What's taking this nigger so long? He was surprised when a woman answered it. Can I help you? She asked Mello in the doorway. Shorty was fly. Mello couldn't take his eyes off her huge titties and tight booty shorts she was wearing. Uh, yeah, is Busy here? I'm Mello. Oh, so you're the infamous Mello, huh? I've heard a lot about you. He's in the back. I'm Kim, his older sister. Okay, Mello's about to fuck her. She introduced herself. Nice to meet you, Shorty, Mello said, shaking her hand gently. He didn't know Busy had a sister, but he was glad she did. Kim was a petite, dark-skinned female with a Halle Berry cut. Her skin was the epitome of melanin, and her body was banging. Maxine was cute, but Mello had a thing for chocolate-skinned women. He walked inside and sat down. Busy should be out in a second. Can I get you anything? Water? Soda? Your number would be nice, Mello said, getting straight to the point. Is that right? Kim was feeling Mellow swag. She loved men with dreads, and his went down to his shoulders. It definitely ain't wrong. How about you give me yours? Fair enough. Just make sure you use it. Oh, I definitely will. After Mello gave Kim his line, Bizzy came walking in the living room. Sup, big dog? Busy greeted him. What's good with it? We need to rap real quick. No doubt. Kim, could you excuse us for a minute, please? Sure. It was really nice meeting you, Mello. Kim said flirtatiously. You too. Mello had his eyes all on her. And put some clothes on. We got company. Nobody want to see that, Bizzy told her. A lot of niggas want to see this. Trust me, she boasted before walking to her room. Busy just shook his head. So what's good? Did you get rid of that truck? Mello asked him, referring to the green navigator they stole. You already know. I hope the motherfucker we stole it from got insurance because the shit's burned to a crisp now. Cool. They're not going to be able to trace that shit back to us, so we good. I feel you, but when we going to start making some real money, though? I'm ready to eat. I know you are. I got a job for us to do. What's the job? Busy asked curiously. we going to hit one of Quilel's stash spots in the Drew Hamilton Projects. Already got the drop on it. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. We about to strip these niggas of all they shit, Busy stated. He was ready to ante up on niggas. My homeboy Rich I was telling you about is about to come through too. Good. He can roll out with us. It's time to get this paper, Mello said, rubbing his hands together like Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Y'all know the Birdman rub. Chapter 9 going forward, I'm not going to go out of my way to pause on the commas and everything, because I know where the commas are supposed to be in where they're or not, so we're good with that. It was pitch black when Mello pulled onto Frederick Douglass Boulevard. No one was outside. The block was quiet. Busy rode shotgun while Rich sat in the back. He parked the car and turned it off. Alright, look. They stash-housed on the second floor. Apartment 2E. I don't know how many niggas gonna be in there, so be ready to bust you all shit as soon as we bust in that bitch. He instructed him. I stay ready to bust mine, Bizzy said. Facts, Rich added. They hopped out and ran into the building. Mellow saw Dennis coming down the stairs. Sup, young blood he greeted him. Mellow noticed a small amount of powder he had on his nose. Sup, homie. Where you coming from, Mellow asked. Two e? he said, smiling, showing his chipped teeth. How many niggers up there right now? Now that's gonna cost you, young blood Mellow laughed. You kill me, old man. Here he pulled out two $20 bills. It's only two right now, Reggie and Kevin. But if y'all trying to rob the place, I wouldn't do that. Quillil and AK ain't nothing to play with. The day I take advice from a dope fiend is the day you see Snoop Dogg blood walking. But you took advice from a dope fiend to get the room information and everything. Like, Is that advice or is that just information? Taking information from a dope is cool, but taking advice from a dope fiend, no. Okay, cool. Got it. Busy and Rich laughed. You funny, young blood, Dennis shot back. Mello had an idea. Look, I'll give you another 20 if you take us to the apartment and knock on the door for us. We'll handle the rest. I don't know about all that now. I'm a smoker, not a fighter. They all looked at him crazy. The fuck you talking about you're not a fighter, Busy asked him. Yeah, we ain't asking you to fight shit. You're just helping us rob these niggas, Mello told him. I don't know, man. Dennis didn't want any of this to come back to him. If Quillil ever found out he helped get his people robbed, he would surely kill him. I know it'll sway you. Mello reached in his pocket and pulled out a small bag of cocaine. You help us, and this is all yours, he tempted Dennis, waving the bag in front of him. Dennis bit down his bottom lip, shivering at the sight of the nose candy. He loved drugs more than money, which was true for every hardcore addict. Okay, follow me and keep it down. They walked upstairs with their guns drawn. When they reached 2E, Dennis knocked on the door. Who is it? A voice yelled on the other side. He sounded annoyed. It's Dennis, young blood. I think I left my wallet in there. Yo crackhead ass always losing shit. Hold up. As soon as he unlocked the door, Mellow came barging in with Busy and Rich behind him. Reggie was counting money at the table when Mellow put the gun to his dome. Put all that shit in the bag and don't try nothing stupid, he demanded. It was stacks of money on the table. Mellow's eyes lit up at the sight of it. All right, nigga, chill, Reggie said, putting the money in the bag like he was told. He was caught slipping and had no choice but to do what Mello said if he wanted to live. Busy and Rich had Kevin on the ground with his hands behind his back. Don't move, nigga, Busy yelled at him. Come up off that jewelry too, son, Mello added. Reggie had a Rolex on his wrist and a shiny gold chain around his neck. He was hesitant about giving his jewels up until Mello cocked his pistol back. Okay, cocked his pistol back. B-A-C-K, B-A-C-K, but you know what? Nigga, you heard what the fuck I said. Run me that shit. Reddy started taking shit off. Mello turned his head for a brief second, and Reddy tried to reach for the gun he had hidden underneath the table. But Mellow peeped game and pulled the trigger, blowing his head off. Stupid motherfucker, he spat. Reggie's body dropped to the ground. Mello didn't bat an eye. Kill that nigga, too, so we can get the fuck up out of here. Any last words, nigga? Busy-ass Kevin mocking him. Suck my dick, Kevin said cockily. Busy and rich, sent a slew of bullets through him. Let's bounce before them boys show up, Mello said. He grabbed a bag of money and jewelry and they ran out of the apartment. You ain't gonna, dra- you ain't, you ain't gonna grab the drugs though? You just gonna lead him there? Okay, maybe you about to set Dennis up for a double murder. Quillil was sitting in his office at the club going over some numbers with his lawyer, Frank. The club is doing well. I've really been thinking about opening up one in Los Angeles. I know a guy that's a promoter out there, and he said I can make a killing. What do you think? Quillil? asked him. Frank was a well-respected criminal defense attorney. Frank defended a lot of Black Panther members in the 70s. He was paid to win cases, and he did his job extremely well. I think that's a great idea, Quillil. Hollywood is a great place for nightclubs. I know a great real estate agent out there, too. She's amazing. "'Whenever you're ready to make the move, let me know, and I'll set up a meeting.' "'Good looking out, Frank. you always on point when it come to business.' They were interrupted by A.K. barging in the room. Quillil could sense something was up. "'We need to talk. Now,' A.K. told him. "'Can you excuse us, Frank? It's okay. I'll just get ready to leave.' "'I'll talk to you later, Quillil.' "'Good to see you, Aaron,' Frank said, patting A.K. on the back before leaving.' His name is Aaron, so AK doesn't stand for him using an AK that he never uses? Okay, cool. Makes him feel better, but still. If my name was Peanut Butter, I better be eating peanut butter. I wasn't going to leave y'all hanging on that. What's the deal? Quilel asked curiously. Some motherfuckers just hit us at one of our stash houses. Where? Drew Hamilton. They killed Reggie and little Kevin, man, AK said sadly. Not Reggie and Kev. Fuck. Quillil lamented. He walked around his office trying to fathom the news. Reggie was his boy and loyal as they came. Kevin was young and still had his whole life ahead of him. Shit is all bad. Those were my niggas. Niggas gonna have to pay for that straight up, AK stated angrily. Who did this shit? I don't know, but it's gotta be the same cats that ran up in the shop, right? AK asked. Quillil nodded. We gotta shut shit down the Hamilton until things die down. Already done. Twelve over there are thick right now. They ain't gonna find shit, though. I talked to Sanders earlier, and he told me they found that green navigator burned up in the woods somewhere, so whoever's behind this don't want us to find him. Fuck that. We find they asses. Them motherfuckers don't know who they fucking with. AK was ready for war. With whom, my nigga? You don't know who the fuck you dealing with. Matter of fact, y'all better figure it out quick. In this book, I mean, the author better start dropping off clues quick, because otherwise, y'all gonna get picked off one by one. Which is fine to me, but still, it's going to make for a quick read. We might need to hire some bodyguards, Quillow suggested. Shit, my bodyguard right here, AK replied, pulling out his Chrome Smith & Wesson forty caliber. We all strapped, but we ain't got eyes in the back of our heads, AK. I hear you, Q, but I don't know about a bodyguard, though. AK didn't want someone following him around like a kid, knowing his every move. "'You still letting that Knicks player have his birthday party here this weekend?' he asked Quillil. After hearing the news about Reggie and Kevin, Quillil wasn't in the mood for any parties, but this was his job. As much as Leslie, Reggie, and Kevin's death hurt him, he had to continue on. "'Yeah, the contracts were already signed. "'Security needs to be extra tight in here, though. Tighter than usual,' Quillil said. He wanted to make sure everything was run smoothly. He didn't want any bullshit popping off. i hired extra security.' Niggas know not to trip in here, AK said. It was bugging Quilele that he didn't know who was hitting him. He had to protect his family, friends, and business at all costs. So nobody saw anything? Nah, I ran to Dennis and he said he didn't see anything. And you know he always know everything that goes on that hood. He's the most alert crackhead in life. He told you he didn't see anything, huh? Quilele asked. Yeah, why are you looking at me like that? AK didn't know why he was side-eyeing him the way he was. Dennis was up in the stash house testing our product today. I know, because Reggie called me and told me. You think Dennis had something to do with Reggie and Kev getting killed? It's only one way to find out. I'm on it, AK said, grabbing his keys and leaving. There's some good shit right here, Dennis said, wiping his nose. He was doing lines off the dashboard. The cocaine had him zoned out. Busy looked at him in pure disgust. Sherm head-ass nigga. That was in the car parked under the Broadway bridge. So, where Mello at? I need some money to get out of town, man. I ran to AK earlier. That's that's Quillil's right-hand man, and he was asking a million questions about that shit that went down. I told y'all not to do that mess. If they find I had anything to do with it, I'm dead, Dennis said, rocking back and forth. He was scared for his life. The drugs made him even more paranoid. You didn't run your mouth, did you? Busy asked him. What? Nah, man, but I need to get out of here. Is Melo on his way? I already told you he'll be here. We're gonna look out for you. O.G. Relax. Good, good. Dennis began rambling about nothing. Busy ignored him and reached under his seat for the machete he had stashed. Before Dennis could finish talking, he was being stabbed repeatedly. Blood came gushing out of his mouth like something people see in a horror movie. Busy's hands were covered in blood. He got out of the car and left Dennis' dead body inside under the bridge. He put his hands in his pockets until he found a bathroom to wash his hands of all the blood on him. Then he got on the train. He hit Mello on the way. Talk to me, he answered. It's done, Busy told him. Good. Did anybody see you? Hell nah. We good. right. I'm headed OT to handle some business. I'll be back tomorrow. I can't roll with you? It's just a quick turnaround. Stay here and lay low till I get back. Mello was on his way to D.C. to meet with an old friend. Chapter 10. Damn, girl, did you have to bop the whole damn mall? A bitch tired, Maxine complained, dropping the bag she was carrying. She sat down on one of the benches. Get your ass up, Maxine. You know I don't be chilling out here like that in front of these thirsty-ass niggas. Hold up, Key. I need to catch my breath right quick. Fine, Kiara said, sitting down next to her. Kids were outside playing. Dudes were roaming around, and the neighborhood thoughts were trying to be seen by the local D-Boys. It was just another typical day in the projects. Phil came walking up. Hey, Kiara, he greeted her. How you doing, Phil? You good? Yeah, this for you. Phil pulled out the money he borrowed from Kiara and handed it to her. Aw, Phil, thanks, but it's okay. You keep that. Phil didn't look as strong out as he usually did. He didn't smell bad either. He had on a blue jogging suit and he got a haircut. You look great, Phil, Kiara complimented him. Thanks, I feel great. I'm on my way to rehab right now. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. She was happy he was finally getting himself clean. Thanks, Kiara. It's time for me to finally kick this shit once and for all. How long will you be gone? As long as it takes. You know you're the only person over here who never talked bad or made fun of me. Thanks for that. You don't have to thank me, Phil. You're a good man, and I know you'll come back better than ever. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Kiara gave him a hug and watched him walk off. As Phil walked past Rayno, he purposely stuck his foot out, tripping him. Rayno and his friend started laughing. Ain't nothing like watching a clumsy crackhead. I can't believe this nigga used to be a big-time pimp, Rayno joked. That shit crazy, B, Slim added. Phil ignored him and walked off. Y'all are such fucking assholes, especially you, Rayno. Why would you do that, Kiara asked in disgust. Who are you? The crackhead police? Phil ain't nothing but an old smoker. Fuck him, Rayno said rudely. He noticed all the bags Kiara and Maxine had. Damn, you ballin' like that, ma? He said, trying to look inside of one of the bags. But Maxine slapped his hand away. Fuck wrong with you, bitch, he yelled at Maxine. These ain't your bags, nigga. so bag the fuck back. And I got your bitch, Maxine told him. Rayno wanted to slap her silly, but Kiara stepped in between them. Why you always startin' shit, Reno? Leave us alone. Rayno just laughed. I'll leave you alone when I feel like it. Kiara was truly disgusted by him. Not only was he ugly, but annoying too. Whatever. Come on, Max, let's go upstairs. It ain't nothing out here for us, Kiara told her friend. They grabbed their bags and left. That bitch holding something, Rayno said. You think what I'm thinking, slim ass? Absolutely, Rayno said, lighting up a cigarette. Rayno is such a fucking loser. You need to get Quillil to handle this bitch ass, Maxine said once I made it inside. Girl, please. Randall's a small-time bum. Ain't nobody worried about him. You want some wine? Hell yeah. It's never too early to drink, Maxine said. I heard that. Kiara poured this a Chardonnay. So, anyways, what's it like being with Quillil? Just hearing his name make Kiara blush. I can't even explain it, Max. It's like we've known each other forever. Sometimes it just seems too good to be true. He asked me to move in with him the other day, but I don't know. What you mean you don't know? If you don't get your pretty ass out these dirty projects and into that fat penthouse, the man is obviously head over heels for you. What's the problem? I just, I don't want to rush things like I did with Pierre. I moved in with him hella fast and look how that turned out. I hear you, boo, but you can't let your past dictate your future. Pierre was a sorry ass nigga anyway. Kiara hadn't spoken to Pierre in over a year. She didn't like how things ended between them, but it was his fault for cheating on her. She had a new man It wasn't looking back. The past was just that, the past. Kiara was falling hard for Quillil. She'd never step foot inside diamonds again. After the incident with money, he fired her, but Kiara didn't care. She was in the process of opening her own beauty salon thanks to Quillil, but in the meantime, she was helping him run his businesses. Kiara was great with numbers, so he put her in charge of accounting. Yeah, maybe you're right. Say that again. "'Shut up, girl. I'm going to go try on some of these clothes I got from the mall. Quillil's taking me to dinner tonight, and I want to look my absolute best.' "'Okay. I'll be your judge.' "'Great. I'll be right back.' Kiara disappeared to her room. Maxine's phone rang. It was mellow. "'Hey, baby,' she answered in a low tone, so Kiara couldn't hear in the other room. "'Why are you talking so low?' he asked suspiciously. "'Because I'm at Kiara's. Are you still coming back over tonight?' Uh, that's why I called. I got some business I gotta handle out of town, so I'm not gonna be able to come through tonight. I'll be back tomorrow, though. Really? What business do you have to handle? Because this morning you told me you was coming back over and giving me some more dick. Maxine was pissed. She knew Mella wasn't being truthful with her. Look, I'll tell you later, but it's some important shit I have to take care of. You know what? Fuck you, nigga. I ain't got time for this. Lose my number. Bye. Okay, Zero to 100. Real quick. Like. Okay. Okay. Maxine's bipolar was kicking in. Really? That's, that's the excuse we going to give? Her bipolar was kicking in? <sighs> she needed to smoke. She couldn't believe Melo was trying to play her like a dummy. He tried calling back, but she hit the ignore button on his ass. Girl, who was you cussing on the phone, Kiara asked when she came back in the living room. Nobody. That dress is bomb. Kiara had on a white Donna Karen dress she picked up from Saks Fifth Avenue. The dress highlighted her Coke bottle figure. Thanks. I really like this one. I think I'm going to wear this tonight for my baby. Maxine was happy for her girl, but deep down she was a little jealous. Maxine knew she was attractive, but she wished she was as beautiful as Kiara. Guys always seemed to notice Kiara before they did her. It had been that way since high school. No matter what Maxine did, she always played second fiddle to her best friend. Now Kiara was the biggest hustler in Harlem, and she couldn't even get a nigga fresh out of jail to come over to her house. Maxine, Kiara said, clapping her hands trying to get her friend's attention. Oh, my bad. What'd you say? Girl, what's going on? Who's that on the phone? A guy? Because whoever he is, he got you spaced out right now. Nah, I'm good, girl. I was just thinking about something. I gotta go, though. I'll call you tomorrow. Okay, call me later. Love your crazy ass, Kiara told her. Love you too, how? Kiara closed the door and got ready for her date. Quileo was taken aback by how beautiful Kiara looked when she opened the door. She looked stunning. Wow, you look amazing, he commented, handing her a lovely bouquet of white roses. Aw, thanks, babe. You know white roses are my favorite, she said, giving Khalil a peck on the mouth. Damn, you smell good as hell. We might have to skip dinner and get right to dessert, he joked, wrapping his arms around her waist. Stop being silly and come on. I'm hungry. Kiara put the flowers into the water, grabbed her purse in Quilil's hand. His Dolce and Gabbana cologne was making her tingle. He smelled great and looked even better. His hair was freshly braided. He had on a black denim jacket with fur lining, black jeans and some black retro Jordan 4s. Two diamond earrings were gleaming in his ears, and his Marcus Garvey medallion sat firm on his neck. Where are we going to eat, babe? Kiara asked when they got inside the car. Sylvia's. I remember you saying you loved eating there and hadn't been in a while, so I wanted to take you there. I got a surprise for you, too. A surprise, Kiara asked. Yep. Well, just tell me now. You women are so impatient. Whatever. Well, give me a hint. Nope. I'll tell you after we get there. The whole ride, she rattled her brain about what it could possibly be. When they arrived, when they arrived... Quilel opened her side door for her, and they made their way to the entrance. Sylvia's was a shit. It was built in 1962 and was a staple in Harlem's black community. Musicians, actors, and athletes frequented the soul food spot. Once they made it inside, it felt like everyone in the restaurant greeted Quilel with daps and pleasantries. Yo, I appreciate you giving my nephew a gig at the cleaners you own. Because of his criminal record, none of these companies would give him a job, but not you. I respect that, one middle-aged man told Quilel. That's what I'm here for, OG. To help our people, especially the youth, Quillil said, shaking the man's hand. The waiter took him to their seats. They ordered some drinks. Looks like you're quite the celebrity around here, Kiara commented after their waiter left. Nah, not me. Just a black man trying to make it in America. Have you seen where you live? I call that more than making it. Maybe, but have you thought about what I asked you the other day? About moving in with you? Yeah, I mean, I don't want you living in the projects. It's just not safe. Yeah, I thought about it, but I don't want to rush things. I moved in with my last boyfriend really fast, and it didn't work out. I don't want you to get tired of me, she said. First off, I ain't the last dude you was with, and secondly, I will never get tired of you, ever. I think about you all day, Key. When I first met you, I didn't think I had a chance because you were hell-bent on not messing with street dudes, but I'm glad you saw past that and gave me a shot. I'm in this for the long run. Quillil only had eyes for Kiara. His player days were behind him, or so he thought. I know what you do on the streets doesn't define you. I just don't want to lose you. Kiara knew what the ultimate fate of a hustler was. She experienced it firsthand with Pierre. She didn't want the same thing to happen to Quillil. You won't. Trust me. I'm almost through with this shit completely. I just have to tie some loose ends. And once I do that, I'm out the game for good. It's just gonna be about us. You and me, baby. Kiara blushed. She liked the sound of that, but unsure if it would really happen. "'Are you guys ready to order?' the black waiter politely asked him. "'Ladies first,' Quilil said to Kiara. "'Yes. Can I have the fried chicken meal with extra mac and cheese, the and some collard greens, please?' "'Of course, ma'am. And for you, sir?' "'I have the same. Thank you.' "'All right. I'll put these orders in right away. Thank you.' He took their menus and went to the kitchen. Kiara excused herself to the ladies' room. She left her phone on the table. While she was gone, it rang. Quilelle picked up the phone, and it read brother across the screen. He didn't answer it and put it back in her purse, waiting for her to return. "'Your brother called you,' he told her when she got back. "'Oh, did you answer it?' "'Nah, I just put it back in your purse. I probably should have. I know how hard it can be trying to talk on a cell phone in prison without the guards catching you.' "'Oh, I forgot to tell you. My brother's home now. He was released a few weeks ago.' "'Word?' I thought you said he was convicted of two murders. Did he get his convictions overturned? Yes. He appealed his case and won. He showed up to my place and surprised me. I was so happy to see him. He practically raised me. That's great. Prison ain't no place for a black man anyway, he stated, forgetting about what he did to Mello. I know. I can't wait for you to meet him. Looking forward to it, Quilil said. When their food came, they quickly devoured it. The food was so good that it left Quilil licking his hands and fingers. Would you two like any dessert? The waiter asked him after taking their plates. They both ordered sweet potato pie and vanilla ice cream. Are you going to tell me what the surprise is now? Kiara asked. She was ready to find out what Khalil had up his sleeve. Quilel laughed. What's so funny? Nothing. He reached in his jacket and pulled out two tickets to Jamaica. He slid them to her. When Kiara saw them, her face lit up like a Christmas tree. Oh my God, Jamaica? Are you serious? She asked in disbelief. She had been in different states before, but not in another country. She was excited. Yeah, we leave in a few weeks. You told me Jamaica's a place you've always wanted to go to, so we going. We fly in private too, Quilil told her. Thanks, baby. I'm so excited. I can't wait, she said, giving him kiss after kiss. After they were finished eating, Quilil drove her home and walked her to her door. Are you sure you don't want to spend the night in my place tonight? He asked her. You know I would, babe, but I have a hair appointment early in the morning, and we both know if I spend the night, you and I won't get any rest. Okay, but I really want you to consider moving in with me. I will. Quileo leaned in and kissed Kiara goodnight. Their kisses were always filled with so much passion. I'll call you tomorrow. I'll be waiting, Daddy. Kiara closed the door and went to put her pajamas on. About ten minutes after Quileo left, there was a knock on the door. She figured it was Quilil coming back to take her home with them, but as soon as she walked to the door, it was kicked open. She fell down. Two masked men came running in with guns. Where the fuck the money at? One of them yelled with his tool and directly at her. Kiara couldn't see his face, nor did she recognize his voice. He was tall and skinny. The other was short and fat. Kiara didn't know what to do. She was scared, but did her best to remain calm. Oh, so this is how Quilil and Melo go and find out about each other. At the hospital for Kiara. I don't have any money. Wham! The tall, lanky robber smacked her across the face. Stop lying, bitch. I know you're holding something. Now I'm going to ask you one more time. Where the money? He pressed his pistol against the side of her head. The cold feel of had Kiara's heart racing. Get up! He yanked her up and threw her on the couch. It's in the back, she said, shivering. The fat robber ran to her room. She had a few racks and cash on her dresser. He took all of that, as well as a bunch of her clothes and jewelry that Quillilla bought her. Get as much shit as you can, son, the tall robber instructed her. Kiara sat helplessly on the couch with a gun pointed at her. Bitch, don't ever come in the hood stunting again, the fat one spat before socking her in the jaw. His voice sounded all too familiar. They hurried out the house. Kiara's door was completely broke off the hinges and her face was swollen. Robberies like this happened often in the hood, which is why Quillil wanted her to move in with them. Tears flowed down her face. She didn't even call the police. She got up, grabbed her car keys, and drove to Quillil's house. Chapter 11. Quillil was up, watching CNN when his buzzer rang. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Sheldon. This is Brad from the front desk. Miss Simmons is on her way up right now. A'ight. A smile quickly appeared on Quillil's face. She must have decided to move in with me. I really love this girl. When he opened the door, he saw Kiara's swollen jaw. Her hair was disheveled, and he could tell she had been crying. The hell happened? I got robbed. What? Some dudes broke in my apartment and robbed me after you left. Quillette was livid. I'm catching a body tonight. Whatever nigga was dumb enough to rob his girl deserved the worst death. He sat Kiara down on the couch and grabbed some ice from her face. Tell me what happened. A few minutes after you left, someone knocked on my door. I thought it was you coming back for something. But when I went to answer it, they kicked the door in and bum rushed inside. Right. They couldn't have set it up where Mello would have met him in the hospital because Mello went out of town to D.C. So that couldn't have happened. Okay, cool. Sorry, I'm just... Talking out loud. Did you see their faces? Quillil asked, trying to control his anger. No, baby. They had on ski masks, but I did recognize one of the dude's voices. Who? His name is Rayno. Rayno? Light skinned, fat nigga with bad acne? Yeah, that's him. You know him? Yeah, I know his bitch ass. He used to work for me, but the nigga couldn't sell water to a fish, so I fired him. Well, he's had it out for me for a while. The other day when I came home from shopping with Maxine, he was acting real thirsty trying to look all in my bags. And we both know all his ass do is hit licks. Why don't you tell me about this sooner? I would have handled it, Quillil asked her. I'm sorry. Maxine told me to tell you, but I thought I had it under control. I didn't think this would happen. It's cool. I'm going to fix this. These niggas robbed the wrong one today, Quillil said, grabbing his jacket. Baby, don't worry about it. The stuff they took is replaceable. Nah, any dude to rob a woman is a weak motherfucker, and when you put your hands on my girl, it's curtains. These niggas dying night. Quillil wasn't playing any games. He went into his closet, pulled out a Springfield 45 and Glock 19, and tucked it in his backside. I'll be back. He gave Kiara a kiss on his forehead and left. When he made it downstairs, Detective Schaefer was waiting for him in the lobby. The fuck this pig want? He was the last person Quillil wanted to see. Hey, Mr. Sheldon, can I have a word with you? Nah, I'm busy, Quilil said, continuing to walk. Schaefer jumped in front of him, causing Quilil to stop. What do you want? He asked irritably. It seems we're having trouble finding any suspects for the shooting that took place in your hair shop. Do you need to get on your fucking job instead of harassing me? Quilil couldn't stand cops, especially the white ones, because they were usually racist as hell. He saw firsthand how they treated people who looked like him. Whoa, relax, brother, but please tell me why anyone would want to shoot up your business and harm your family. I mean, you're not a criminal, are you? No. You sure about that? Schaefer was trying his best to get in Quilil's head, but it wasn't working. Did I stutter? I see. Well, I'll be in touch. You stay safe out there, buddy, Detective Schaefer said sarcastically. As soon as he made it to his car, he called Sanders. Hello? Your partner just rolled up on me at my house, questioning me about the shooting in my shop. You need to get him in line fast, Quillil told him sternly. I'll deal with him. Good, because if you don't, I will, Quillil said before hanging up. It was a little past midnight. Quillil pulled up to the Jefferson houses and parked his ride. Rano was outside, drinking and smoking with Slim and a few other people. Hell yeah, we got that bitch. That's what she get for trying to play me, Rano bragged. See, look, so not a gangster gonna tell you anyway do your dirt by your lonely and then don't go bragging about it easiest way for you to get away with the crime is if you do it alone and no witnesses you leave no evidence and you don't tell anybody about what you did easiest way to do it tons of dirt has been done that you'll never know about because niggas did it by themselves. Or white people or Eretrians or Asians, you know, I see you. So my ones what's happening. But they do it by themselves and they don't tell anybody. <sighs> Hell yeah, we got that bitch. That's what she get for trying to play me, Rayno bragged. When Khalil spotted him, he walked up. Sup, Rayno? Khalil greeted him like everything was good. Ah oh, shit. What's good, Q? I ain't seen you over here in a minute, son. "'What's poppin'? "'Same shit, different toilet. "'You trying to work? "'I got a job for you,' Quilil told him. "'Raino was geeked. "'Hell yeah, I'm trying to work, B. "'And trust me, it ain't gonna be like last time. "'I'ma hold my weight. "'I know you will. "'Ride out with me real quick "'so we can discuss some things.' "'No doubt. "'Hey, I'll be back in a minute, y'all,' "'he told his friends.' Rano finished off the Colt forty-five in his hand. "'So what you been up to? "'You still hitting licks?' "'Quilil asked him as they walked. "'All day.' Shit, we just hit this chick today to live on the third floor. She a bad bitch, too, but me and Slim had to get at her. See? Now you done got your nigga murdered. Teamwork makes a dream work, my nigga. Just do it by yourself. Slim was in on it, too? Yeah, the bitch only had a few racks and cash, but she had a gang of designer shit and expensive jewelry, so we just took that. I can sell you some if you want. Quillil clenched his jaw. He wanted to snap Rano's neck right, but he kept his right. What? He wanted to snap Rano's neck right there, maybe. He wanted to snap Rano's neck right, but he kept his cool. Nah, I'm good, my nigga. They got in the car and Quillil drove off. So what's the job you want me to do? Rano asked excitedly. Just move a little away from me. That's cool with you? Hell yeah, that's cool with me. Already know how you give it up too. I'm ready to get paid. Rano really thought he was about to work for Quillil. That's what I like to hear, Quilil said, not taking his eyes off the road. He eventually pulled up in a vacant lot and stopped the car. Nobody was around but them. Why we come here? We picking up something? Nah, but I'm getting rid of something. Oh yeah? What? Raynell asked. He fished through his pockets for a blunt to roll up. Click-clack. The sound of Quilil cocking his piece bag caught Raynell's attention. He looked over at Quilil and was staring down the barrel of a gun. Yo, what the fuck, Quilil? Rano asked, throwing his hands in the air. His heart was beating out of his chest. It wasn't like he could run or hide. He was stuck. What made you think you could rob my girl and get away with it? Girl? What you talking about? Quillil just looked at him. His facial expression said it all. Rano put two and two together. Shit, I didn't know Kiara was your woman. I'm sorry, man. I never would. Quilil's anger overtook him. He pistol whipped him until he saw blood trickling down his head. Ah, fuck, Rayno blurted out, covering his head. Quilel hit him across the face with his pistol, knocking out his front tooth. Come on, Q, please, don't do this, man. I'll give you all her stuff back. Nah, it's too late for apologies. When you do fuck shit, there's consequences. It's over, nigga. Quilel fired two shots in Rayno's chest. He died instantly with his eyes open. Pussy ass nigga. Quilel got his machete out the trunk and used it to chop off Rayno's head. He put his head in the duffel bag and zipped it up. He left his body in the lot and headed back to the projects, hoping Slim was still there. Thankfully, he was. Yo, what's good, Quillil? Where's Rayno at? Slim asked him. He had me drop him off at some bitch crib. I want to holler at you about something, though. For show, Slim said, falling behind Quillil. You still hustling? quill asked. No doubt. Shit a little slow right now, though. I've been hitting licks with Rayno earlier. Yeah, he told me y'all hit this female in here earlier. Yeah, I caught her fine ass slipping. I wanted to fuck her, but we didn't have time. Shouldy bad as a motherfucker, too, son, Slim bragged. He didn't realize he was signing his own death certificate. Take a ride with me, real quick. I want to show you something. Slim got in the car without a care in the world. What's in the bag? Slim asked after seeing it in the back seat. Just some work I want you to move. You down with that? Hell yeah. Rayno gonna be pushing away for you, too? Most deaf. "'I need both y'all to be on y'all shit out here,' Quilil said as he pulled into an alley and stopped the car. He reached in the back seat, grabbed the bag, and tossed it to Slim. "'Open it,' Quilil instructed him. When Slim unzipped the bag and saw Reynold's decapitated head, he screamed and tossed it on the floor. "'The fuck is this, man?' he asked fearfully. Quilil already had his gun pointed at Slim. "'That female y'all robbed today is my girl, stupid nigga. Y'all fucked up.' "'Uh, we didn't—' "'No, Quilil, I'm sorry, man.' Please forgive me, Slim stuttered. Like I told your boy Rayno, it's too late for apologies, nigga. Come on, Q. It was all Rayno's idea anyway, not mine. Please don't kill me, man. I got a son, he pleaded. Quileo remembered Slim talking about wanting to rape Kiara, and he didn't feel an ounce of pity for this fool. He'll be better off without you. Quileo pulled the trigger, putting a bullet right between his eyes. Murder was nothing new to him. He had seen it his whole life, whether he was the one doing the killing or his friends falling victim to it. He didn't play when it came to his family. He would do anything to protect them. When he got home, Kiara was waiting for him in bed. Quillil smiled when he saw her. She was wearing one of his t-shirts. <laughs> Even with a bruised face, Kiara was still the most beautiful woman in the world to him. Quillil undressed and hopped into the bed with her. It's handled, he told her, looking into her eyes. She nodded. I'll always protect you. Thank you. I love you, Kiara said accidentally. She meant it. But didn't want to announce it so soon. She couldn't help how attached she had become to him. Her love for him was real and pure. Pierre was the last man she uttered those words to, but her love for Quilelle far superseded her feelings for Pierre once upon a time. I love you too, Quilelle replied without hesitation. You do? she asked. I wouldn't say it if I didn't. I love everything about you, from your personality, beauty, intelligence. I love you with all my heart, Key, he said sincerely. The two kissed, and Kiara fell asleep in his arms. By the time Mello got to D.C., it was a little past 2 a.m. He was headed to Hillcrest to see an old friend. When he arrived to his destination, he saw a bunch of cars parked outside. He could hear music blast from inside. Mello spent plenty of nights partying at this place back in the day. This place ain't changed a bit, he thought to himself. Mello was at an after-hours spot that was run by his boy G's in D.C. He used to cop work from G's back in the day and wanted to see if they could rekindle their business relationship now that he was out. Quilella and AK had Harlem on lock, but Mello was ready to change that. Once he got rid of them, Harlem would be his once again. Mello got his duffel bag out the trunk, pulled his New York baseball cap down to his nose, and headed to the entrance. After security patted him down, he walked inside the building. It was bad bitches everywhere, but Mello was only focused on business. Jeeves had been running this after hour spot for years. There were gambling tables for the fellas, twerking contests for the women, and a bar for people to get their drink on. Jeeves was that nigga in DC. Everybody in the DMV came to his spot to have a good time. He threw the best parties. Mello made his way through the crowd. As he was walking, there was a female who was yelling his name from across the room. When Mello finally heard her over the music, he looked in her direction and made eye contact with her. That looked like Alexis. Mello didn't say anything to her, though. He continued walking until he made it downstairs where he knew G's would be. Once he got downstairs, there were two guards guarding the door. You need some help, fam? One of the black security guards asked him. Yeah, I want to holler at G's. And you are? Tell him Mello's here to see him. What's in the bag? The guard asked suspiciously. What do you think? Mello replied condescendingly. He nodded and went inside to deliver the message to G's. He came back in seconds. He's ready for you. Mello walked inside, and there was G's sitting in his chair, smoking a joint. G's was a brown-skinned nigga with braids. Yo, what's good, my nigga? When they let your ass out the bing. I thought you had life, G's asked, dapping his boy up. A few weeks ago, I beat my case on a pill. I see you still got this spot going up crazy. Oh, you already know, fam. Gentrification going heavy in the city. But you know, your boy ain't going nowhere. I am, D.C., G's proclaimed. Nobody threw parties in Chocolate City like he did. People from all over the East Coast would even drive down to D.C. to come to his parties. I heard that. My nigga fresh out the bing. You got buff as shit too, G's commented. Eight years of lockup will do that to you. You ain't nothing to do on that bitch with lift weights and jack off, Mellow joked. You ain't lying. That's why I ain't never going back. Same here, my nigga, Mellow said seriously. He would never let himself see the inside of a prison again. What brings you to my neck of the woods? I need some work. I know we did a lot of bins together back in the day, and I want to get back to that. How much you lookin' to cop, G's asked him. Ten. Ten, huh? Yeah. Why ain't I working with Quillil and AK? I hear they running shit major in Harlem right now. Those your people, ain't it? Yeah, but I'm doing my own thing. And you want to do business with me like old times? G's rocked with Mello, but he wanted to be sure this wasn't some type of setup. That's right, Mello said, looking him straight in the eye. I. Right. Ten keys it is. You know I don't give out work on consignment. You my boy and all, but it's fifteen a key. No doubt, Mello said, putting the duffel bag on Jesus' table. It's all there, he told him. Jeez opened it and saw all the cash inside. He looked back up at Mello. How you get bread this fast and you just got out? You rob a nigga or something? he asked. Does it matter? Mello shot back. Not at all. He opened his safe and got out the dope for Mello. As soon as Mello put his hands on it, it was like reuniting with an old girlfriend. G's handed him a knife Melo cut it open and stuck his finger in the coke He moved it around his mouth It instantly numbed his jaw Letting him know some grade A shit That's him That's just the shit I've been looking for Good looking out Melo said excitedly It's all love You sure you don't want to stay and turn up with us It's a gang of pussy in this motherfucker tonight Nah I gotta get back to the city But do me a favor What's that Keep me being out on the low I got you let me tell it, your black ass still in jail. They shook hands, and mellow bounced. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. Uh, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and on Podchaser, and on the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com uh, slash SSCast. Or on the Patreon app at patreon.com slash single simulcast. Or on the Good Pods app, you can leave a tip in the tip jar. All money goes towards buying books for the show and shows for uh, the RTO Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler you later. Peace.